Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. As a pastor, a man came to me and said to me, he wasn't a member of my church, the church I was pastoring. I didn't make the rule, but it made before I got there. I couldn't change it, but you couldn't join the church if you used to back in any form. He came to me one Sunday night with tears, said, but, and I never was one that, you know, you wouldn't hear me ever two or three years say anything about tobacco. I got off on it last night a little bit, but you know, you've been here all the year. Notice I never do. But sometimes God may want you to. I don't believe he wants his children bound with anything. Do you? Do you? I don't believe he wants us dominated by anything. I just refuse to let anything dominate me. You can just say what you want to, but I won't do it. I don't go off and say that I said something is sin, but I remember as a Baptist boy. I didn't even have the Baptist logo. Didn't believe in the Baptist logo. Didn't know about speaking with tongues, but I knew I was saved. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Name of Jesus, Volume 2 by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagin's message. I'm quoting further from Mr. Kenyon. I have prayed with men who were held by habits. I've done this too. This is just parallel with what I've done. I could either say I've done it or I could quote him because I've had the same experience without knowing he said it. I've prayed with men who were held by habits, tobacco, liquor, lusts, and in the same mighty name, I've seen them delivered usually, instantaneously. As a pastor, a man came to me and said to me, he wasn't a member of my church, the church I was pastoring. I didn't make the rule, but it was made before I got there. And I couldn't change it, but you couldn't join the church if you used to back in any form. He came to me one Sunday night with tears and said, but, and I never was one that, you know, you wouldn't hear me ever two or three years say anything about tobacco. I got off on it last night a little bit, but you know, you've been here all the year. Notice I never do. But sometimes God may want you to. I don't believe he wants his children bound with anything. Do you? Do you? I don't believe he wants us dominated by anything. I just refuse to let anything dominate me. You can just say what you want to, but I won't do it. I don't go off and say that I said something is sin, but I remember as a Baptist boy. I didn't even have the Baptist logo. Didn't believe in the Baptist logo. Didn't know about speaking with tongues, but I knew I was saved. And pastor of the little country Baptist church. Years ago, and at Christmas time, because this small church, you see, and my, my income small, Christmas time I worked in town, you see. You know, they need extra help at Christmas time for extra money, and I needed extra money at Christmas time. Well, somebody would say, some of the other clerks or something would say, you know, well, let's go get us a Coca-Cola. You know, we'd go get a Coca-Cola. Next time it's my time. Well, let's go get us. And I wound up drinking, you know, four, five, six Coca-Colas a day. And when that, never thought about it, and that time was over. Every time I went by this cafe right next to the business where I was working, I'd go, I just had to have a Coca-Cola. I've got to have one. And I said way back there as a teenager, I just stopped dead in front of that cafe and said, I won't let a Coca-Cola dominate me from this day forward. I'll never drink another one. I'll never drink another one from that day to this. Nearly half of a century. Now don't go off saying I said it's a sin to drink a Coca-Cola. But if you're a Coca-Cola-holic or a coffee-holic or an alcoholic or any other kind of holic, don't let it dominate you. If you've got to have it, quit it. You're still out there, you're going home. It'll affect your faith. It'll keep your faith from working. Are you listening to me? I refuse to be dominated by anything. Amen. I don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. I drink iced tea. 
Here's my back. Seemed like, you know, and I just couldn't get along that, so I just quit it for a while. Just didn't drink any. Just to prove it, I didn't have to have it. I won't let it dominate me. I won't let anything dominate me. You shouldn't either. Well, this man, I started to say, he came to me after service is over with tears. He said, uh, Brother Hagin, he said, I know you, you don't condemn me and you never said anything, but <laughs> I, my own heart condemned me. He said, I, I, I'm 63 years old and I've smoked cigarettes ever since I was 12 years old. 41 years, you see. And he said, I, I, I don't want to. I want to be free. Can you help me? I said, I sure can. All you have to do is give me permission to do it. He said, I give you permission. I want to be helped. I said, all right, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just laid my hand on his shoulder. Just very simple little thing. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of that nicotine thing over your life. And I'm going to say this by faith. The next cigarette you smoke will make you sick. Well, he'd been smoking for 41 years. And you first start out, they'll make you sick. And so uh, he told me afterwards, because he drove a truck, he said, I never thought. I went home at night and usually said, I think I do smoke cigarettes before I go to bed, go to sleep, that is. But I said, I don't know why I didn't. I got up the next morning, usually the first thing I do is smoke a cigarette. And then after I eat breakfast, the next thing I do is smoke a cigarette. I put the cigarettes in my pocket, but never did smoke one. Don't know why I didn't, but just didn't. Then I got in my truck and started out on the route that he run way early in the morning. He picked up a fellow beside the road that was a... That uh, he, he knew that was thumbing a ride, and, and the fellow got in and he was smoking. And just that fellow smoked, he said, I never got so sick in my life. My God, I got sick in my stomach. And he said, I finally had to roll the window down, try to get a little air, you see, and I smoked for 40. And finally had to ask him to roll his window down and throw it out. I got so sick. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, the name of Jesus has authority, bless God. All I did, just simply lay my hand on his shoulder and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I break this. Blessed be God over your life. Now, you see, he came for help. I, I couldn't do that, just pointed him out and said, well, I'm going to do that for him because he may not want to be helped. But he came with tears. He wanted to be helped. Thank God when people want to be helped, you can't just single somebody out on the street and say, I'm going to do that. Because they've got some say-so about it, you see. But he had a say-so about, I want to quit. I've tried to quit. I want to be free. Blessed be God. See what we're talking about now? Don't get my remarks all out of counter now. I found this. I passed it nearly 12 years. Christians sometimes who were unable to testify. Unable to lead in prayer, in public meetings. Who felt their mouth closed while their heart cried for liberty. And I've seen those folks just set free in the name of Jesus where they just, bless God, their tongue was loosed. Demons hinder us in every activity of our spiritual walk. Mr. Kenyon went on to say, and I'm quoting him now, I've scarcely met a case for whom I've prayed in the name and over whom I've commanded the power broken, but what they have had immediate deliverance. In cases of divine healing, Mr. Kenyon said, I've seen some cases that would move the country had they known of them. A woman who was almost blind was healed by the power of the name so that today she can read without glasses. Some have been cured of heart disease and various other infirmities. Many of those cases found it very difficult to take their healing. We must be sensitive to the Spirit. I know in praying sometimes 
for people to be filled with the Spirit. Christian people to be baptized the Holy Ghost. That uh, sometimes it's, it's the devil that's holding them back. Now you don't always have to deal with the devil. But when I know that, I, I, I know many times. One time I was a person, they told me how long they'd been seeking. I'd prayed with them and I just laid my hand on the shoulder. And said, I rebuke you, foul spirit of doubt, in the name of Jesus, leave this woman. And instantly she started talking in tongues. Instantly. I've seen him do it again and again. Just laid my hand on the shoulder, just very calmly, very quietly. Sometimes just under my breath, didn't say anything out loud. Said, I rebuke every devil that's holding these people. And instantly, without me saying anything or telling them to do anything, lifted both hands and started talking in tongues. See, the devil will keep you from all the blessings of God if he can. Sometimes in healings, demons have to be dealt with. Now, you see, people have muddied the water on this demon business. And, and it's, it's, it's to be regretted that the church either gets in the ditch on one side or the ditch on the other side, instead of going down the middle of the road, about demons. Well, they exist. Nobody denies that. And you get into discussion about possession. Can a Christian be possessed? Well, actually... The Greek word that's translated possess just simply means demonized. And it just covers all activity of demons. I'm sure of this one thing that here in this country particularly, because we have so much light, so much Christianity, that we very seldom, if ever, see a real demon-possessed person. Like my son-in-law wasn't possessed of the devil, but he yielded to the devil. You see, when one is fully possessed, man is spirit, soul, and body. When one is fully possessed, then the devil has taken over his spirit, over his soul, that's his mind, and his body. And he'd be insane. You see, in the fifth chapter of Mark, the Bible said, about the madman of Gadara, that he was possessed with the devil and had a legion. But he was taken over completely. Spirit, soul, and body. Well, a Christian can't be taken over spirit, soul, and body. And so naturally, a Christian's not demon-possessed. But now here's another question. Can a Christian have a demon? Well, decidedly, yes. Just like this. I know people that are possessed with money. I mean, money's their God. Money dominates them. Well, I have money, but I'm not possessed with money. Are you following me? And so you can have a demon and not be possessed. Sometimes it's just in the flesh, just in the body. In dealing with sickness sometimes, Jesus would cast out a demon. Like he'd say, thy deaf and dumb demon, leave. Well, I don't mean the demon was in their spirit. That means it was in their body. Well, of course, the Christian, if he knows his rights and how to keep the devil out, well, he can't come in. But if he don't, he can. And many people, many Christians, unconsciously yield to the devil. They don't mean to, they just don't know any better. So let's get clear on the subject. Let's don't be misled by fanaticism. But right on the other hand, this don't get over on the other side and deny their existence. And, and when the devil's working like in some churches... And they deny that they even exist. And here's these kind of spirits. God, you take there in Corinth. Corinth was a very licentious city. Immoral. 
And you'll find that those immoral spirits got into the church. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and said, It's commonly reported that there's fornication among you. And such fornication as should not be mentioned among the saints of God, that one should have his father's wife. Here was a son that took his stepmother away from his father and living with her, cohabiting with her. As I said, Corinth was a very licentious city, immoral. And those kind of spirits got into the church. Sure, the church was saved. Sure, they're filled with the Spirit. But I'll tell you, that's not the last church that demons have got into. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the three-CD series by Ken Hagan, Don't Let Your Stress Become Distress. For $21, get this dynamic resource to start your new year off right. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. Come on down to Naples, Florida, 27 through the 30th. That's right, where the sun is January. shining. Yeah, we're yes. going to have a good time at Living Word Family Church. And you can watch us on Roku, or Roku, however you say yes. that. Sorry about that, people, but I sometimes mispronounce words. But that's me, okay? And uh, you can, you know, we we if you just go to rhema.org, it'll tell you, you where we're going to be. You can find all of that kind of stuff, and and you can download our magazine, Word of Faith magazine. Yes. Uh, you know, I, we have an app for the iPad and for the 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 iPhone mm-hmm. and for the other phones and stuff. You can just go to the App Store, and and you can give you all kinds of information oh, about yes, us, where right. we're going to be. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.